welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. He's worthy tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. How many's heart was stirred with that Christmas for Christ video? Praise God. Not that many? How many's hearts were stirred? I got excited about that. Hallelujah. Amen. You never know till you've been there. Amen. When uh, you're trying to put it together and you come to the conclusion that the only way it's going to happen is if the hand of God moves in it. Praise God. Then you and I participate in that. So when you hear these missionaries, these uh, church planters, when they start giving a testimony like that, just remember every envelope that you come and get. My wife was praying up here in the altar. She come by. She's seen all the envelopes out here. Thank you. She came by and she got a hold of my arm. She says, I've already given ours. I said, okay. And I sat over and I felt miserable. I felt miserable. You know why I felt miserable? Because I'm like, everybody's looking at me. I'm not going up there and getting an envelope. So when Sister Moody was trying to find one, I thought, well, here's my chance. I'll go up and help her get one. (laughs) She was looking for a $50 one, and I said, well, we got 51. Is that okay? She said, that'll work. And then I went back over and seen one for 55. I should have picked that one up. You can't outgive God can't outgive God. And when you think about that, every, every, every mission Sunday that comes around and you give your, mission, give your missionary pledge, always remember God's taking that and doing something fantastic somewhere around the world where our missionaries are preaching the gospel. And every time you give in CFC, God's going to take that. And uh, you just, you, we don't know right now, but maybe we'll know when we get to heaven how big of an impact that offering uh, meant to somebody somewhere. Because when somebody goes and plants a church, a lot of times it's in a place where there is nobody that's, that's bringing the Word of God or truth to them. So it's exciting to think about that. I enjoyed that. Amen. I enjoyed that. Brother Bobby, I think it was a Hispanic couple that was doing that. Amen. But uh, I think they're probably going to do a bilingual type deal. So 2 Timothy, if you will, this evening, 2 Timothy, the third chapter. Amen. Praise God. I thank the Lord that you're here tonight. Amen. We are in the holiday season. Thanksgiving has come and gone. 
come and gone, and here in December we're seeing 50-degree weather days. And uh, I'll take as many as they want to give us. I remember the day my dad passed away when they went out to go to the hospital to visit Sister Whitaker's husband. He was going in the next day for exploratory surgery on the cancer that he had. And my dad left my mom in the room and walked across the little galley over to the waiting room and he sat down and died that quick. But I remember talking to him earlier. It was 70 degrees that, that day, December 17, 1984. And he had went out fishing that day. And he came home and uh, as was the custom, mom was uh, baking for the Christmas time she baked. If you older folks remember, she would bake all these goodies, fudge, divinity that I didn't like so she could leave that out anywhere and I wouldn't touch it. Fruitcake that I didn't like, she could leave it out, I wouldn't touch it. She had to watch the peanut butter cup. Sister Kathy Moran always blesses me with the peanut butter cookies with the chocolate drop kisses on them. And I always got to tell her, don't tell my wife. And uh, she would make all these wonderful desserts and things of that nature. And the ladies were so much of a blessing to come down and help her. My mom loved to do things like that. She would head them up and they would get Thanksgiving dinners. And some of you older folks know what I'm talking about. Amen. But we know that we're living in the end time. And uh, one thing my dad believed in was that uh, the Lord was coming and he wanted to be ready. In fact, these guys came to the door one time from the cemetery place, Butler Memorial, whatever they call it, out on the west side of Trenton out there, and they come selling the plots. You know what my, dad, my dad's answer was to them? I'm not looking for a hole in the ground. I'm looking for a hole in the sky. What he was simply saying was simply this. I'll let them worry about that when that time comes. Praise God. And we did. Amen. But uh, there's one thing about it. Living for God, no matter what season it is, no matter what time it is. Amen. I will, I will appeal to you tonight. You can't take time off because it's December. You can't take time off because it's Thanksgiving time. Not spiritually. You got to stay connected. Because things can happen so fast that before you know it, we could be facing things that we never dreamed of. So thank you, Brother Bobby, for that message this morning. Amen. And uh, I'm going to go to 2 Timothy, 3rd chapter. And if you'll just bear with me for a moment here, begin in verse 1. Here in the third chapter, it's talking about the coming apostasy. Amen. In our day and time or in the day and time ahead. Amen. Basically, I feel like the world is kind of renouncing Christianity in general. 
Christianity no longer has that effect on people that it used to have. You younger folks, listen to me right now. Don't ever lose your love for the things of God. No matter what your co-workers do or everybody else in your life, you stay planted in the Word of God. Be committed to be faithful to God. Be determined that you're going to keep on walking on this path. Because we know that this way is narrow. And the Bible says, few there be that find it. Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. Many there be that find it. So follow with me here tonight. Paul writes, he says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Everybody say perilous. Last days. We know that you had the birth of Christ. And this is the last days. And it's going to end with his return to the earth to set up his kingdom. Perilous times indicates that apostasy will characterize the final days of the church age. In other words, revolt. If you pay attention at all to your news or to those talking about what's going on in the end time, you're going to start hearing more and more about the Christians. Extreme. Christians are extreme. No, we're not extreme. We just want to believe what the Bible says. We haven't moved. At least we haven't. A lot of the Christian world has, and you even have those. And that's what kind of amazes me about what's going on in Israel today. So many of the Jewish people are even against their own people doesn't make sense to me perilous times shall come for men shall be lovers of their own selves covetous boasters proud blasphemers disobedient to parents unthankful everybody say unthankful unholy without natural affections Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. And Paul says, Timothy, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lust, ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as John's and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds, reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, 
as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine. Many of life, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, what persecutions I endured. But out of them all, everybody say all, the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. They had a form of godliness. They had religion, but they didn't have the power. Folks, Paul told Timothy, said, from such, turn away. Turn away. I have nothing, noth- you don't have anything to say to me if you want to talk, to talk down about the Word of God and the things of God. Christianity, church, I don't want to hear it. I, I don't want that negative stuff coming in my ear. Timothy, turn away. False preachers, teachers, seducers, turn away. Don't let it burden you down with things and questions that you don't need to entertain. Amen. I want to focus tonight on one thing. Last week we talked about thanksgiving unto the Lord. I'm still going to talk about it tonight going into... 2024 going into the Christmas season. The word I want to use tonight is unthankfulness. Unthankfulness. Lord God, we thank you once again for this moment in time that we have with your people. And I'm praying, Lord God, that here for a little while, Lord Jesus, that you would minister to us. Let your word touch our hearts. Speak to us. I pray, God, that for the next little while, that your spirit, that we would open up our ears to hear, that our hearts would be open to receive what you would speak unto us. Amen. And, Lord, that we would allow you to move in such a way that, that it would bring us to a place of thankfulness, knowing, God, for what you've done for us. And, Lord, as we live in a world that seems like more and more it is becoming more unthankful. Amen. Especially towards you, God, for what you have done in our lives and our nation. I pray that you will help us tonight to walk out of here different than the way we came in. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. And let everybody say amen. Won't you clap your hands one more time as you're being seated. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, Disobedient to parents, we've lost that battle. Look at our schools. I just got really kind of encouraged the other day when they were interviewing this guy, this principal in Minnesota, in their middle school, where they took their cell phones away and said, you can't use them during the day. 
You can't have them during the day. Well, how is the outcome of that? Well, to be honest with you, it's good. They're talking to each other now. They're communicating. They're looking at each other in the eye. The thing about our kids today is that they are living in a world that's teaching them to disregard authority, disregard their parents, disregard any, any law enforcement. But the Bible says that in the end time, they'll be disobedient to parents. And then he uses the word unthankful and unholy. Here, the great apostle Paul is writing to his son in the gospel, Timothy, here in chapter 3. And Paul warns Timothy that in the last days, there would come a spirit into the world that would cause much trouble for the church. And in verse 2, he tells Timothy that among them are going to be those that will love their own selves more than the things of God. Break it down. They love their own selves. They, they, they are number one. It's, uh, it's all about them. They're covetous. It's all about the money. All about possessions. They're boasters. They're proud. They're blasphemers. Disobedient to parents and unholy. But he said that's what's going to be the people that are unthankful. One may never expect that unthankful people would receive such a harsh judgment. The question I have tonight is being unthankful really such a bad thing. How many parents have said one time or another to your kids, you ungrateful brat. <laughs> You're unthankful. Anybody ever heard that one time or another in your life? Is being unthankful really such a bad thing? But the question is, why put it right before unholy in verse 2? Hebrews 12, 14 says, Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. So if I lack holiness, so if that a lack of holiness would keep one from seeing the Lord, my question is, what would be the result of being unthankful? Are you with me tonight? You see, one thing is true in every circle, and that is simply this. Not everyone appreciates or is going to appreciate what you have done for them. <laughs> no matter how hard you try to please some people, they are never going to completely appreciate what you have done. Or at least the effort you have put into something. 
There are some people in this world, and even in the church, I dare say, who simply are unthankful people. Have you ever heard sometimes somebody pray a prayer like this, Brother Tyler, for these gifts we ask you to make us truly thankful. Lord, for these gifts, make us thankful. (laughs) See, if they only knew what they are saying when they say that. No, we notice here that being thankful is not a natural state of mind for most people. It's not natural. Being thankful comes from knowing want. It comes from not having. Some of you older folks know what I'm talking about. When you were raised, you didn't have a lot. You were in want. You barely survived. You didn't have the food that you might have wanted to have. And if you did, every now and then you were thankful for it. A man or a woman will be thankful for the spouse they have when they understand what it means to not have a good one. Can I hear all the men say amen? Can I hear all the ladies say amen? That was weak. Understanding that what you have is a good thing. Brother Bobby was talking about his wife this morning. He knows that he has a good thing. How many will agree to that tonight? You know when you have a good thing. A man will be thankful for the job he has when he is gone through a long period of time when he doesn't have a job. Being broke will teach you to be thankful. Hear me tonight. Being sick teaches you how to be thankful for painless days. A near-death sickness will teach you how to be thankful for each day you've got. Being lonely will teach you how to be thankful for somebody who goes out of their way to be your friend. Thankful people are usually people who have been down that road of adversity. They are people who know what it means to struggle. They're people who have not had the world handed them on a silver platter. They've worked hard to get where they're at. They endured much expense and labor to reach a certain place. They did it all they could. And when that failed, they prayed to the Lord, asking the Lord for help. So they know, we know where our help comes from. The Bible said it comes from the Lord. 
Don't ever fail to offer up thanksgiving unto Him because your help comes from Him. Hallelujah. There's nobody like the Lord. There's a lot of people that you call that won't pick up the phone. Right? Sometimes we'll get phone calls in the wee hour of the morning from people that are going through something. Sorry to call, Pastor. I'm just X, Y, Z. But not everybody picks that phone up when somebody's going through a problem. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. We have to understand. Amen. We do sometimes everything that we know to do, but we fail. But then we understand that God is our helper. We know where our help comes from. You heard her talking about it. Amen. They were trying. They got the building, but they didn't have the money. So they realized we got to pray. We got to pray. We got to talk to God because that's where our help will come from. And so here we understand that the Bible sets unthankful people apart from thankful people. It lets us know that to be unthankful is a sin. Not just a sin, but if I might add, a grievous sin. And if I might add, as it should be, when someone does something for you, the response of your heart from your lips need to be thank you. We still need to teach our kids to say yes sir and no sir and yes ma'am and no ma'am. We've lost that in this generation. Actually, we lost it before, amen, and it's just been working its way in. We don't teach our kids to respect their elders or respect their, the, the men and the women in their life and just say, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Thank you for the piece of bubble gum. I need to ask Brother Niece back there how many times he gets that bag of candy out and these kids come by. Do they ever say thank you? Man, that's a good teachable moment. Amen, right there. Brother Nice could say, if they don't say thank you, he could say, you're welcome. Hey, we got good kids in the church. But we still need to teach them to respect authority. Hey, I had people in my life that would snatch me up in the old church. If I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be, man, boom, they'd get me. Now, they didn't whip me. They didn't beat me. They didn't do anything. They didn't have to because they scared me half to death. (laughs) Nowadays, even in the church, we get mad at that. Oh, I'm going to drop the plow tonight. We need to be thankful when somebody is helping us, not abusing our kids, but they might get on to them about something. You come to my in-law's house, my mom doesn't have my mother-in-law doesn't have a problem telling your kids, we don't do that in this house. And you know what? Nobody gets mad at it. This is grandma's house. 
We don't do that in this house. Respect. Amen. Thank you. Turn to your neighbor and say thank you. Come on, tell them. Say thank you for just being you. Understand, it's important we understand those words. Why? Because whether it is God, whether it is your next door neighbor, whether it's somebody in the church, or even a complete stranger, you need to come to a place to where you are able to say, thank you, or I appreciate that. When somebody gives you something, it's almost like, well, if they give me money, I'll say thank you. No. Let me put it to you this way. If somebody gives you something that belongs to them, such as time, then maybe some money. How about prayer? How about a little bit of love? Don't don't say thank you only when you get the money part. Be able to say thank you when somebody gives up their time for you. Uh, Amen. To run you somewhere or do something for you or somebody prays for you. Amen. Or somebody will love you. Be able to say thank you for loving me. Folks, let me tell you what. We're going to need that kind of atmosphere here in the days that we're living in. Why? Because nobody's getting it necessarily out in the world today. So the church needs to, to bring that a part of their, of their society, a part of their life. Amen. To where we, we, we let people know how much we do appreciate when they open up the door and they come into the house of God. And they need to be able to walk away and say, you know what? That's a group of people that really love me. Amen. Our thanks should always be directed to the Lord. Paul writes in Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Everything. Everybody say everything. Everything. Every good day, every pay raise, every good doctor's report. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. Every help, every encouragement, every bit and every little thing that encourages and blesses our life. We should be thankful to God for it. Because without that thankfulness, we almost assuredly will hinder the working of the Holy Ghost in our lives. I'm thankful. I'm holy. I think about the story that we're familiar with in Luke the 17th chapter. Verses 12 to 19 talking about the leprous men. Follow me as I read here in Luke 17. Verses 12 to 19. The Bible says, As he entered into the village, a certain village, there, were, there met him ten men that were lepers that stood afar off. They couldn't come close. They lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourself to the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. But in verse 18 it says, And one of them... When he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God 
and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan, a stranger. Why do you say that? Because Jesus answering said, where, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God. Save this stranger. And he said to him, Arise, go thy way, because it's your faith that has made you whole. What an, what, what an amazing miracle. What, what, what an amazing testimony. Because when you study leprosy and just the, 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 the uh, easy uh, uh, definition in that day was thought to be a disease that came from extreme filth. Leprous people were not even allowed to walk on the same side of the street as somebody else. And when they walked into towns or around other people, they had to yell out, unclean, unclean. And people would split. Unclean. Can you imagine the social stigma that these ten lepers faced every day? Of their lives. They were unable to be around their families. They had to, they couldn't watch their children grow up. They had to do that from a distance. They had kids, they lived in colonies. I remember missionaries talking about down in Africa where they had leper colonies. That's where the lepers lived. They couldn't live with anybody else. So they lived in colonies with other leprous people. They were surrounded every day with the sickness of others and the stench of their own rotting flesh. That was their life. So these ten men cry out to the Lord for healing and He healed them. But only one was truly thankful. Let me go back to verse 15 and 16. Notice what? Notice with me. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. Fell down on his face. Giving him thanks. But Brother Howard, he was a stranger. He was a Samaritan. Let me stop right here for a moment and tell you. Every time you feel a touch of God. Every time you're in the house of God, every time you lift your hands and begin to glorify God, every time we're singing the songs, there needs to be something that comes up out of us that we say unto Him, thank you, Lord. I don't have the stench of sin in my life anymore. Amen. I don't, I'm, I, I don't have to run from the things of God. I can, I'm, 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 I, this is part of my life now. This is who I am. I'm a child of God. You've touched my life. You've healed my mind. You've healed my body. You've healed my soul. You've changed my path. Amen. You directed my life. Come on, let me tell you something tonight. You need to be gracious unto God and thank Him for where He has brought you from. Hallelujah. Give Him thanks. Because we can say tonight that you and I, we are like the Samaritan. We are strangers. 
And we only become a part or grafted in, amen, through the baptism, the burial in His name, filled with His Spirit, amen. Folks, the new birth testimony, the new birth experience never has faded away, nor will it. You still must be born again of the water and of the Spirit to enter into the kingdom. So while the other nine, if I might say unthankful, went their own way, this one man falls on his face at the feet of the Lord and cries out with a loud voice in thanksgiving and glorifying God. And Jesus was standing there and he noticed the difference between this man and the other nine. See folks, they all had been in the presence of the Lord. Let me stress that tonight. They all had been in the presence of the Lord. They all had been touched. Their lives had been changed. But Jesus noticed a distinct difference between this man and the other nine. Because he asked, he said, you know what? Were there not ten cleansed? But where, where are the other nine? They're not found that return to give glory to God. Save this stranger. And that's when he said to him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Jesus asked the question, Where are the other nine? Where are the other nine? Maybe he's still asking that question today. When we come and go, we come and go. Somebody touches the hem of his garment. Somebody falls in their face to give thanks and glorify. But sometimes we get in that routine. We come and go, we come and go. We've been touched by God. We've been in the presence of God. We have felt him. But where are the other nine? You see, I happen to feel tonight that, that things begin to change and, and atmospheres begin to change. Amen. When, when that one person turns to two and the two turn to four and the four turn to eight. Come on. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. When all of a sudden we as a, as a congregation and we as a part of the body of Christ, amen, begin to bring our voice into it and our praise or our thanksgiving amen when we all kind of come together amen and we begin to talk to the Lord because Jesus made mention of the fact that some people appreciate when something good is done to them and then some don't in fact the percentage of unthankful people in this account is 90% were unthankful and the 10% that's, that's alarming when you look at that, that, that in, in, in Jesus' ministry. 90% of the people, particular miracle, were unthankful. But I don't look at that negative part. I, I want to know, I want to thank God for the 10% that did. Amen. Thank God for the few that come back and always say thank you. 
Amen. That's what this is all about. You know what? We come through Thanksgiving, uh, and, I, and, I, and I preach then, you know, we need to give thanks to God. Get up in the morning, thank God. I, I forgot about it the other day, about thanking God when I got up, and, and, I, and, I, and I got in the shower, and all of a sudden I realized that I hadn't thanked God. So there in the shower, I'm saying, thank you, Lord, for this day. This day, the day that you have made, I'm going to rejoice, and I'm going to be glad in it. I don't know what all is going to unfold this day, but I know I'm thankful to you for the day that I have. Everybody shout out, thank you, Lord. Do it again, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For if it wasn't for them, I wonder what would have happened. I wonder if churches and, uh, and, and, and pastors and leadership and good people and even the Lord himself would continue doing good to others if it weren't for the few that came back to say. Even at men's prayer breakfast, men, we ought to go by that kitchen and tell Sister Singer and Sister Denise, thank you for all the starch and all the calories that you just gave me. Thank you for it, but don't tell my wife. Thank you, Lord, for, amen, their, their, their uh, commitment to this. Thank you, Lord, for Brother Singer that will come down here and open this up and the men come together and we pray and, 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 and talk to the Lord and then go down and fe- thank you, Lord. Thank you for the ladies, Sister Howard, get together to go to Applebee's or wherever and all the things they do. Folks, you shouldn't shun away from doing things with your brothers and sisters of the Lord if you can do it. I do realize their time. But look, we need one another. Turn to your neighbor and say, I need you. I need you. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. I better get back here before I get off. I appreciate your help. I appreciate your help. Amen. Sometimes you just have to say, you have no idea how much your help means to me right now. Thankful people that are blessing. Thankful people that are blessing. Look what Jesus did for the thankful man that he didn't do for the other nine who scurried off to go see the priest. They were in a hurry. They wanted to get about their lives. Verse 19 says, he said to them, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Thy faith hath made thee whole. The man was expressing thankfulness Notice this though, but Jesus accounted it to him for faith. That's powerful. People say all the time, give me your faith. Give me your faith. Maybe we need to change that and say, give God your thankfulness. Maybe we should be more thankful. And God will say to us, Amen. I see your faith. And I'm going to do something different in your life because of your thankfulness. Hey, we know, many of us know, leprosy causes the flesh to die, to rot off its victims' bodies. You lose things like fingers and 
toes and other extremities. They fall off. You lose the ability to feel pain, which causes them to do great harm to their bodies without even knowing it at, at much of the time. You see, there's a difference between being healed of leprosy and being made whole as the thankful man was. Because there's many Bible scholars that, that, that believe that the original nine men went away healed of leprosy, but they still carried the scars of their sickness and its devastation in their body. On the other hand, the man that was thankful, the Samaritan man, the stranger, left that day not only healed of his terrible disease, but the Bible says he was made whole. Now, I happen to believe that if he was missing a finger, he got another finger. If he was missing a nose, he got another nose. If he had oozing sores on his body or holes in his skin, it was made like a baby's skin. I, I just happen to believe when he said he made him whole, that it didn't matter. He just re-brought together the body, amen, that he had once before, and he didn't walk away with the scars. Folks, I'm telling you, that's why we got to get in the presence of God. You can come and you can pray, but many times we still leave with the scars of sin in our lives. But yet when you get in the presence of God with a thankful spirit, God can remove that stuff. God can change that stuff. God can bring newness to you. Pastor, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm telling you, as sure as I'm standing in shoe leather right now, that if he can change that man's life, uh, if he can make that, uh, that, that Samaritan, uh, that stranger whole, uh, and the other nine just kind of went on their way, still kind of with the, with the scars of the sickness. But when he introduced himself back to society, he was whole. Folks, I'm going to tell you what. You can walk out of this place tonight, amen, a new person, a new creature in Christ Jesus. You can walk out of this building tonight made whole, amen. You can walk back in the world and they'll look at you, amen. They'll say, whoa, you're different. There's something different about you, amen. This is not there, that's not there, this ain't there, amen. This sin or that sin, no, what happened? I came in contact with the healer. In other words, the Lord restored what the sickness took from him. Let me wind this down. This could mean even more than his body being restored to its original state. Because you know those nine, they could go around and, and uh, the priest can declare them clean. But everywhere they went, people would see the scars. Everywhere they went, people could tell that they were sick, that they, they had leprosy. But with this guy, hey amen, I believe it restored relationships with other people, his family, friends, maybe even his status that he might have had in the community. However we look at it, Jesus did something more for this thankful man than he did for the other nine that didn't have time to turn around 
and say, I want to thank you, Lord. Because I happen to believe tonight that if they would have done that, they would have walked the way the same way that that man did. Hmm. Come on, somebody say, praise the Lord. However way you look at it. This is why our worship is so important. Amen. Because I believe through worship we can show our thankfulness for His love toward us and for what He's done in our lives. It's like that old song, thank you, Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, thank you. I'll thank you all the days of my life. Just thanking Him. It brings into our lives that reward the Bible talks about. Talk about that extra blessing. That added bonus. The thing that not everybody else gets. So my question to us tonight, going this holiday season, why don't we enter into it starting tonight? With a thankful, a thankfulness for what the Lord has done in my life. Not thinking about what I'm going to get for Christmas. I was listening to my Christmas music in the car. I've been listening to it for probably a good month now or more. And that little guy, I can't remember his name right now, Sister Blackford, but he sings that little song. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. My two front teeth. My two front teeth. I don't think kids, that's all they want for Christmas. And you shouldn't worry about what you're going to get. You should worry about what you're going to get from Him. Because sometimes we can be disappointed what man gives us. I heard somebody say, I've heard this several times, if you don't like it, if you don't like it, just let me know. That ain't going to happen. If you don't like it, it's okay if you give it to somebody else. That ain't going to happen either. Everybody talks about regifting. That ain't happening either. Understand the thankfulness. When somebody gives you something, I don't care if it's a $5 gift at the ladies' deal or if it's a bag of candy or whatever it is, we need to be thankful. We need to be thankful that somebody would even give us anything. I had a young man not too long ago having a hard time. And you know me, I'm a softy. I'm just a softy. I'll admit it. And he was crying. And I said, Lord, I know I'm about ready to give him something. And I know I'm about ready to fill his car up. But Lord, I'm just going to trust you. As we talk this little bit, and I engage with him, 
as I'm filling his car up. And I gave him $40. Wife, you didn't hear that. I said, Bob, let me tell you something. No matter what life has dished out to you, no matter what path you've taken, and no matter how many years you spent, you're still a young man. If you let Jesus have your life, he can turn it around for you. I said, you know where we're at. And if you'll come to church, I can promise you that God can make the difference in your life. Haven't seen him since. But you know what? He could show up any day. He could walk through those. And I'll recognize him. I'll know who he is when he walks through that door. Folks, we need to be thankful for what God has done for us. Because you never know when God's going to use you to bless somebody else. And when they tell you thank you, not just once, not twice, but several times. Being appreciative that somebody would just listen to them for a moment. Now, folks, listen, we got them coming. Around. We're on Route 4. We got them coming and going. In fact, I can tell some of their stories better than they can when they come by. But you know what? I still have a soft part. Even though I know some of them are lying through their teeth. Other people have to take over because I'm not good at that. Hear me. God loved you so much that He gave Himself. He gave Himself for us. He shed His blood to cover a multitude of sins. And if you can't be thankful about anything else tonight, I'm asking you as we stand together to come to this altar and say, Lord, I thank you. You shed your blood. You were the sacrificial lamb. We're going into Christmas. Believe it or not, it's just a, a few weeks away. But you know what? Tonight, I think we can start by saying, thank you, Lord. I want to thank you for touching my life. Thank you for changing my life. Thank you for blessing me. Can we do that tonight? Can, can we come with a thankful heart? Can we come with thankfulness unto God as we open these altars? Please come as quickly as possible. Find your place to pray. If you don't want to kneel down, just raise your hands. If you're at your seat, raise your hands. Kneel down at your seat, whatever. Amen. Just, just, just for a little while, just for a moment in time, just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.